Welcome to On the Bridge. I'm your host, Heidi Bianchi. Join me as we embark on a journey filled with insights on event planning, pop culture, and all things that excite me. Inspired by the name of my company, The Bridge Event Academy, this podcast offers a fun break for you to laugh and learn with me. Expect to hear from special guests who will provide their words of wisdom about events and life. As we sit together on the bridge, let's share stories and have some fun. This is my first podcast, so I'm thrilled to have you join me on this exciting new adventure. Let's sit on the bridge together. Hello and welcome to On the Bridge. Today, I am joined by a very special guest, Cindy Hartner. And Cindy has a really lovely bio that I want to share with all of you. So she starts with the greatest sentence. When you reach 30 years in the industry, you should just stop counting. And I'm like, I don't know, Cindy. I think we can keep counting. Clients say that Cindy brings a sense of collaboration, serenity, resourcefulness, enthusiasm, and humor to her programs. Renowned in the event industry for her professionalism, Cindy has served as president of MPI Washington State and on the boards of Alia Seattle and MPI Dallas Fort Worth. She has also served on the advisory board of SPIN, which was something I was a part of a long time ago, Senior Planners Industry Network, and is known as a thought leader throughout the hospitality industry. I like this too. In 2019, Cindy published a book. You don't get a map, you get a compass designed to help anybody who has hit a dark place or transition in their life. It's a story of hope, courage, and determination told with humor and humility. Cindy is a Texan living in Seattle. Her three adult children live across the country in Florida, Texas, and Southern California, and are following in their mother's lead in striving to be productive, contributing citizens. And I think that that is the biggest compliment in the world. Like when you have kids that are launched. They're doing okay. Good job, Cindy. Welcome, welcome, Cindy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was like a longer bio than I meant it to, but thank you. Oh, that's because you wrote it. So it's good. (laughs) Well, welcome. I am so happy to have you here talking with me today. And I have some questions for you of like, what the hell are you doing now? And how the hell did you get here? So um, let's start with you talking about you and what you're doing right now and where you are and just jump off from there. So I am working in sales and sales management with the DMC network, and we are a consortium of independent DMCs throughout the U.S. and global. globally. I've been there. I've been with the DMC network for 10 years doing global sales, and this year um, received a promotion to yeah. vice president of sales, which is exciting and uh, helps me lead the team. Before I was involved with global sales, I had actually been in one of our DMCs in Dallas and was in sales at a local DMC level. So it kind of came full circle and I really love working with this group. It's sort of like coming back home to family. And then now tell me how big is the team that you're managing? I have four salespeople and myself, Mm -hmm. and I still have a territory where I'm selling. um, I'm basically representing clients in the Western part of the United States and helping them into all the destinations that we have in our portfolio of DMCs. Okay, we're going to start with a very simple question. What is a DMC? 
DMC stands for Destination Management Consultant. Um, it used to stand for Destination Management Company. Actually, in the last 10 years or so, we've been moving to consultant because that's really what we do. We are sort of the architects of all the local resources in a particular destination. And we have we bring all those resources together with the creativity that we have on our teams and leverage those relationships in the local destination to help the clients coming in there to get the best of what we have to offer in each destination. So you're an event planner, you're a corporate company with an event planner, and you're based in, I don't know, San Mateo, and you're yeah. doing an event in, I don't know, Seattle. Tell me what the steps would be for them. If you like working with a single point of contact, if you're in San Mateo, you would call me or email me, and then I would help you introduce you to my DMC there in Seattle. Or maybe you are looking at a couple of different destinations. Maybe your client, you or your client hasn't decided yet whether they're going to go to Las Vegas or Seattle or Chicago. And then I can help with um, introduce you to various people within each of those destinations to kind of answer questions for you, help you determine which way you should take for your next steps. And so as part of like the DMC network, you're kind of that conduit of like, hey, we have all these partners globally. So I can help you in whatever city, whatever destination you're in, find the local resource. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the benefits of having a single point of contact is, A, you don't have to find a location to keep all this information about where everybody is. B, right. if people do change and they leave, you know, in, an individual place, then you don't have to start again. You don't have to start over. And then also, you know, I can help if there, there might be the way that I can describe what you're looking for. There might be one person or another different in the destination company that might be better suited to working with you yeah, based on their experience or your experience or the expertise you're looking for in that destination. And sometimes is it a little personality too? You're like, oh, oh for I know. sure, Heidi would get yeah, along for with. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because because this is not about transactional business. This is not like I need a band, so get me a band. I mean, this is about collaboration and making your program and your event really hit the mark and hit your objectives and your goals and try to take it over the line to make it special. That means we have to bring all of our creativity together so that we can help fulfill what your vision is. Do you go on site anymore or you're, you're home you know, base I, now? Not a lot because I, I have so many DMCs and so many clients. Mm -hmm. I don't get to fly around and travel with them. You know, there could be occasions where it really makes sense for me to maybe meet up for the site inspection and I'm happy to do right. that. Or, you know, if I'm if I'm needed on site for a certain way, but I have so much confidence in my team that's there in the local destination yeah. that I don't want to get in the way. I know, right? <laughs> I don't want, you know, that they've taken you all have taken off in discussing all the details of that. And I really am not the expert in that destination. Right. And so I can stand there and smile and I am happy to do that. Anytime you want to bring me in. Yeah, we all fan <laughs> and, and white about it. Like, and hold your hand uh -huh, and keep yeah, things yeah. calm. Yeah. But honestly, you know, you're in such good hands with the people that I work with that I'm just staying here to help. I'm here yeah. I'm staying here to help either ever make things better or help to maybe if there's miscommunication, try to help fix that and make everybody feel great about the decisions that they're making before things ever happen. Are you seeing some trends around <laughs> planners <laughs> and what's on the docket right now that you're seeing a lot of that you're like, oh, this is a hot spot or this is a hot whatever? What well, coming out of the pandemic. Are we tired of talking about that or hearing that yeah. phrase? Um, you know, I mean, last year was just a big boon year because 
lots of people were just, you know, repurposing the events that they had had to reschedule or postpone or that kind of thing. And then there were also events that were supposed to be happening in 2022. So it was it was a big scramble because you know, that people were still figuring out their staffing situations. And, you know, with hotels, that was all happening too. And so in 2023, you know, things are, they're settling down, but the momentum is different. In terms of things we found in the destination management world that the first kinds of programs to come back were the incentives because companies needed to fulfill what they had sold their teams. Also to, you know, continue incentivizing and motivating their teams to keep on going, you know, push past this and push through this whole pandemic situation that was caused and and whatever was whatever that caused in their company, within their company. And then, then um, you know, regional meetings came back and various things like that. And then what we're seeing, though, is, is incentives are still just really going strong. Um, we're seeing now that there's a confidence to go more abroad. We are seeing fewer meet incentives that are asking for the domestic destinations because, you know, during that pandemic, the ones we were able to open up were the ones closer to the people closer to the companies and things like that. So now it's it's stretching out a bit. Um, we saw a big push to go back to Europe. Now that Asia has opened up, they their floodgates happened this year, like our floodgates happened last year, and they are in the scramble this year that we were in last year. Is a good way, I guess, of saying that. Canada is in a little bit of the same situation in that they're in, more in the scramble this year than than last year because of just how their governments kept things tamp down and, you know, when letting them up. So, so that's the trends that they're seeing there. And so business meetings are starting to come back. We're seeing more national sales meetings come back in the beginning part of 2024, which right. those things got kind of not, you know, postponed or maybe they got broken up into a hybrid or some sort of a virtual and hybrid. And I know those or, they, words or are, they might've met smaller. Now they're like, oh, they oh, we got to bring everyone now. Exactly. Right? They yeah. met region. Yeah. Or they mm-hmm. sent, they didn't send everybody from each office, but just, yeah, you're right. Um, mm-hmm. We also saw with the uh, associations some attrition and, and a little bit with corporate things too, meetings specifically, not incentives, but where people just at the last minute had to not attend. So they had registered and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And then we saw, you know, people not coming and um, there was a there was a bigger gap between what the sponsor of the event thought was going to happen and then those who actually came. So and those are for internal, not even yeah. like clients. Correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. And I'm not really sure where that's stumming from. I don't have the answer to that, but it, it'll be interesting to watch and see if yeah, we're all gets, lazy. We don't want to leave. We're just like, oh, we well, I mean, we're in our go. Uh, we're in our fat pants working from yeah. home. <laughs> yeah. I have two follow-ups around that, like inventory and turnaround. I'm just curious, like, what are you yeah. seeing with inventory? I mean, in, when we think about inventory with DMCs, we're thinking about transportation and vehicles and drivers. Right. We're thinking about venues and, um, you know, decor to some extent, but decor is more flexible where you can have more yeah. or less excursions and tours and things like that, both with meetings and other kinds of travel have really bounced back to where we aren't seeing you know, in the beginning, as we were coming back, a lot of those tour operators and excursions and things were just not there yet. Now we feel like they are. And so it's not so much about that. I would say that um, in terms of, I don't know if you'd call it scarcity, but but for sure, vehicles and transportation are the most difficult thing right now in terms of inventory. And that had to do with, you know, throughout the pandemic, some of those companies sold off some of their fleet but they sold it down to where they thought things would level out, which was fine. (laughs) Then it comes back with a vengeance and that was all well and good and fine. And they had the vehicles, but then they didn't have the drivers. 
because the drivers during the pandemic went to work for mm-hmm. Amazon and Federal Express mm-hmm. and UPS and that kind of thing. And they didn't want to come back or they just decided they'd retire altogether. And transportation, especially with motor coach transportation, that's not something you can just pull off the street and go, hey, I'd like to drive a motor coach. You know, that <laughs> takes it takes some experience and wisdom and some training and those kind of things. And so once you've lost those people, you're sort of at the mercy of how many drivers you have. And so what we're finding in a lot of destinations is get it in now. Like if you think you're going to need transportation, don't wait until you get your whole manifest together to contract some of this equipment because you may be stuck. And it especially really is not any, it really, there's you'll no really backup. You're like, oh, we're there's bringing no in someone from another state. Like, is that yes. a good idea? Well, and not to mention, then talk about your budget. You've estimated in your own mind how much it would cost in a perfect world if you had all this transportation available to you. And if it's not, then you're sort of in a tailspin of recovery. So really the main, one of the main things I would say is to planners that are listening is don't wait until your whole manifest is all fleshed out. Just go ahead and put some vehicles on hold with some some brackets around times that, and your DMC will definitely be able to advise you on this, but at least you can put your hands down on them. And because there are multiple groups Groups going on in any given city and there are multiple DMCs or other people holding those vehicles also right. or putting, mm-hmm. you know, and so and you're that's not the what, only group coming to town. You're sister, not the only right? Group. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's my, that's when you think about inventory, that's kind of it. And then, you know, the other part of it is that after we all came back from all of this, the DMC offices themselves decided how big they wanted to be. Mm-hmm. They took a lot of look at what volume of business was the most profitable on the average for their company. And they found that just having more people to be hired wasn't bringing the same level of profitability, which meant that they stopped taking little things that were making very little margin. And I think you guys look at this too, for a third party perspective, everybody as a planner, you're looking at that too. And so there, whereas we also, we always used to say, yes, it was like, oh yeah, we just need a band or, oh, we need one bus or we need, oh, at the last minute we can do this. And really, I would say we can't necessarily anymore. They're going to say, I don't have a program manager to manage that. And I'm not going to hire somebody and bring them on just for that one program because they've just figured a different way of doing business and everybody's happier because they're not being run ragged. So they're focused, they're more focused focused and they can focus on those programs they have chosen to take. Mm -hmm. So that's the other thing too, is that, you know, I think sometimes DMCs get a bad rap about, oh, you know, it's about price or it's about sizzle or whatever, but like, we really do just have your best interest at heart. We really do just want to see if we're the right fit to collaborate with you, to let those, those dreams that you're having kind of come to fruition. And it's so much more about relationships than it ever was before. It's not commoditization with a DMC product because you either trust them or you don't. <laughs> you trust right, them right. that, yeah. that they're going to yeah. do what they say they're going to do and that mm-hmm. you all align, you're aligned in thought. So the inventory really has to do with, with staff, like the full-time staff that they have as well. Talk about turnaround times. What are you seeing? Are you oh, yeah. seeing... We're currently October. I'm going to say when we are. We're in October. What yeah. are we looking at? Are people ch- planning for 2024, 2025? I had one today that was for December. So I'm like, yeah, oh. yeah. I think yeah. with um, we're seeing less of 2023 pickups. Uh, now I say that now, you know, yeah, it yeah, could no. be like in November, it's like, whoops. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I think, I think mostly we're looking at 2024 um, and beyond. I deal a lot with corporate and third parties, much more than I do with association. And we don't, we don't really do social yeah. 
or nonprofits. So most of my experience comes from that. But we see we see corporate kind of slowing a little bit and waiting to see. We see, and I don't ever like to blame any kind of trends uh, that I see happening on something like an election or mm-hmm. a res- or recession. But we are seeing like sort of um, interest rates and some of the things that are causing the C-suite to kind of say, wait a second, let's just make sure before we sign on the bottom line, because hotels are so scarce, you know, you're having so much compaction with hotels, they may go ahead and book the hotel and contract to do it, but they're going to wait much longer before they start either talking to or contracting a DMC. Mm-hmm. Some of that we found come as carrying over from last year that it was because um, they had put their, you know, they'd put their stamp down that they were going to this hotel and they had been locked in at room rate, you know, guest room rates, as well as food and beverage minimums and things like that. But they they hadn't bought airfare yet and that sort of thing. Well, then when they went to do that, you know, of course, they found that the airfare was just far beyond what they had budgeted for. And the cost of the food and beverage, even though they were going to easily hit their minimum, they were going to go oh, way yeah. beyond their minimum. Yeah. And they hadn't counted on that. The trickle down of that, I think, was they were waiting to talk to a DMC until they got all that part figured out because you can't not feed them. Right, right. <laughs> and you, yeah. you know, how are we going to get there? And you can't not fly it. them there, yeah. and you can't not yeah. feed them. So we have seen a little bit of that, which which means that that just puts us in a bind to turn things around quicker, you know, as we can. But in terms of actual things, we're seeing like we can do full proposals in about two weeks. If you just need ballpark pricing, we depending on what you're asking for, if it's not super custom, we can give you some ballpark pricing in three days, or we can turn something quicker around in about a week if you need something presentational, if it's not something that we have to look for, check for availability, or we're trying to create something that hasn't been done before. So, I mean, I would say that's a good rule of thumb is that you're, it's going to take a handful of days, even just to get you you know, unless they have the rack pricing for transportation or something and pop it over to right, you. Right, right. Um, depends what you're If you want a real deal, it, it just takes If you want a, a real thing, it takes together. a couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah, it takes a couple yeah. weeks. And really, that also depends on what's going on in their world. Because if there are big old citywides happening all month long, then they it's hard to stop and do something custom. So, you know, patience. I think everybody, I, though I really saw that coming back from this, that planners had to put their patience hats on too. And everybody has been giving each other a little bit more grace and having that human connection that no one's trying to do something intentionally harmful to you. It's just everyone's doing the best they can. The best they can at that moment, right? I mean, That's right. That changes every moment. What do you see as the outlook for 2024? Same, well, steady, more, less? It could surprise me. I'm seeing <laughs> steady. I think there have been some polls or what have you that's said that, oh, you know, they're going to have their same budget or more. But from our perspective, I see it being a little bit more steady like this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that we it doesn't get, you know, I like to call it pumping the brakes. Like I hope that the clients aren't pumping the brakes and waiting, you know, till the very last minute to make decisions about it. Because right. as I mean, and as long as they understand that, that's they're going to get what they can get at that point. Right. Um, then <laughs> Maybe you're can... driving the bus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the right. Bus. Here's your license. Here's yeah, class. Don't let the pigeon yeah. drive the bus. There you go. <laughs> right. I think we're just all working together. I, In terms of the financials, though, I, I kind of see it being, I like to say we're flat, but it's kind of, I don't see it growing in a great big leaps and bounds. Yeah. Now, 2025, I think it could bounce back and be even bigger. Oh, wow. So we'll just see. I already think it's pretty big. So bigger is... Oh, now? Yeah. 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 I think we're starting to hit our stride with how we're going to do things going forward. And, um, you know, educating our clients too, to here's what you can expect. 
here's the time frame you can expect, here's kind of a costing you can expect, and finding better ways to be more efficient with our time for everybody's sake. Yeah, right. How do you how do you balance all that? Talk to me a little bit about writing a book. What was that like? Uh, oh my goodness! I mean, I love to read books, and I I always like have an idea of where things are going in my head for a book, but like sitting down and actually penning it is a different deal. So, what was it's that a, like? It's a big question. So, this book came as a result of my desire to help other people through a really traumatic time. So, mm-hmm. I had a real traumatic event in my life. And um, I went to look for books that I could read that would help me, that I could relate to and that sort of thing. And they just weren't there. Mm -hmm. And this happened 25 years ago, just to Mm -hmm. give you some perspective. After the pain, after I kind of crawled out of the pain of all of it, but during I was writing everything down, writing everything I was experiencing, everything, and also the people that helped me, the gifts that I found along the way. You know, the whole title of the book came from my brother calling me after the funeral and getting back into his place and saying, well, you know, how do you feel? And I said, well, I just want to know how I'm going to feel on Friday. <laughs> I just right. want, I want right. someone to tell me this is going to be okay, but let me know kind of what the stages of this, because we're all planners, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I need a timeline. I need a breathing mm-hmm. yeah, timeline. Yeah, yeah. I want this map of how this is going to go. And all I got handed was stupid compass. <laughs> and yeah, I said, yeah. so I, and the metaphor is I had yeah. that I learned how to use this compass to kind of guide me. And also the realization that really nobody gets a map. Some people think they do. They think they have a map, but um, it's not really true. And you're going to get bumped around. And this is kind of how you come through it. So that's the point of the book. That's what I was trying to do with humor, because that always has to be part of it. But also just know, just give people hope and let them trust themselves a little bit through that. Um, That was the point of writing the book. So then writing the book, it was harder than I thought it would be. Okay, because <laughs> um, I think it's because, pretty hard. So <laughs> Yeah, it was harder than I thought because what I didn't think about was you put everything that you have in the book and then you have to read it as a reader. And right. so then you end up yeah. going through and saying, well, you know what, you're right. That makes sense to me, but that doesn't really make sense in this context. Or you might have to broaden a concept because it doesn't relate to all people. It might relate to people that you think you're like. And so it went through so many different revisions, but it still, it was able to, I felt like it was able to, my my voice and my style was able mm-hmm. to have a thread all the way through. And I ended up self-publishing through Amazon just because my book was kind of a, it's kind of an outlier. Like it's not how to build your business in five steps or something, right, right, really, right, right. you know, that could be on the North, New York Times bestseller yep. list or something like that. But I, I really did it because I wanted the, the people who needed to find it to try to find it and be able to find it. It was a long journey. I know that other people have done it much faster, <laughs> but I also got a book publishing coach. It was unbelievable how much she helped me. She just helped me get rid of some of the baggage that I was worrying about that I didn't need to worry about and put me on the right path and gave me some goals. Yeah, gave me some goals about, you know, what to do and what to focus on and what to think about. There was just so much more about the book itself than just writing what's in the book. And this was like before Chad GPT, Cindy. You wrote yes. a goddamn book. Like. I wrote a goddamn book. <laughs> and, and, I, and, it would, and it, so it would be, enormously faster now. Right, yeah. <laughs> You're like, reword this. Because yeah, yeah, 2019 right. was actually when it just finally happened, but it had been a labor for oh, yeah. more than a decade. Yeah. Of, you know, because it kept getting put on the back shelf. It kept getting of put, course. you know, kind of gets yeah. shoved back there. And I'm, you know, there's work, there's family, there's other things going on. So 
you know, I hope that I will have something that will come to me that I will feel as passionate about. And I would do it again with chat. GPT. <laughs> <laughs> a little, like a little assist, a little birdie on your shoulder. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I do think though that there's something intrinsic around our industry. I don't know. I'm going to make a big generalization. We, we could shoot it down later, but like the help, I think there's this hospitality element to our job of like wanting mm-hmm. to help and please. And like, I yeah. like it that, I mean, you do it every day, but it also manifested itself into a book because you're just like, you need help. I can help you. Look. Yeah. I, yeah. I yeah. That. Well, and it, it was also the fact that how it passes along, like I might not know the end user, but someone might find it who knows someone else that might need it, yeah. that I would never have the reach of course, to. yeah yeah and so no. that's just sort of out, it the, out there so into the universe yeah yeah I love that so 2023 was a good year 2024 yeah. is going to be just as amazing yes. with more on the horizon for 2025 and Cindy give me any final thoughts or advice you would give someone starting out in the event industry because you, you and I've been around for a while like I'm speaking to a group um, at IMAX in two weeks uh, who are first-time event planners, and I have my little list of advice for them yeah. to share. But what, what 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 would be like the top one or two things you would tell a new planner? Get a list of about three great questions and go ask a couple of mentors. Mm-hmm. Go find those people and ask strategic questions and then listen, because there's wisdom in our industry that is going to be rolling out. Right. You know, those of yes. us who yeah. started kind of yes. from the sort yeah. of beginning, we're starting to roll out and the new people coming into the industry have great ideas of better ways of doing things in some ways, but there are still things that I think are helpful. And I think the people who are the most successful are the ones who are open-minded and mm-hmm. listen and take it all in and then put their own spin on the way mm-hmm. that they go forward with it. My number one thing for my presentation is get your ass up and walk around and see what the hell is going on. <laughs> you're new, you're at Reg, you're whatever. Go early, find the bathroom, find the things that the guests are going to be like, where's the whatever? It's really practical. Right? And I'm like, uh, go walk around, look where the cases are stored, look where the scissors are, little simple things that later on someone's going to ask. And you're like, I know where that is because I am familiar with this space. Yeah. Once you have that, it builds confidence. Mm-hmm. And that's so much of what we do is just sort of faking it till we make it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of tap dancing going on under the table, right? Have fun because people get into our industry because they, they perceive that it's fun and it is tons of hard work. But those of us that are still here, it's because we're still having fun and you have to find the fun and find the joy and find the curiosity and the jokes and the laughs and the crazy stories that happen. Cause we all have some of the best stories of any industry, probably better than a lot of industries. And just to keep find the fun, be sure you're always having fun. I like that. Right. So I think what we'll do the next time is you're going to come on and we're going to tell like behind the scenes stories because I I made you focus on DMC and trends and all this stuff. Yeah. We have a few stories we can swap around. They're hilarious. I just had one yesterday. I just had one yesterday. So they just keep coming. Oh, so, okay. Spoiler alert. Give me the one from yesterday. Okay. The one from yesterday is that um, my colleague was on a sales call with our client. 
and a DMC in Asia. We won't say much about where, what, but it was like eight o'clock in the morning there, but it was nighttime here. The Asian company, they were working from home and they thought that the call was later. So they switched on the Zoom thinking that they were early. The person's husband walked behind her in his underwear, but <laughs> naked other than the underwear. Just walked <laughs> past. <laughs> and, the client, like and the client and my colleague were like, uh, Did that just happened. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, we're here. <laughs> I mean, you just never know what the hell's gonna happen. It's still, I on mean, Zoom. yeah, I just laugh all day long because right? it's a crazy business. It really is. It really is crazy. But we sometimes do have the best stories. I describe it sometimes, and everyone's like, "That sounds so fun," and I'm like. Let me rephrase this. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. That was after nine hours of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That sounds yeah. so fun. You're like, you got to yeah, see what not, I'm like. It's not know. easy, but it is fun. It has a lot of moments of fun. I think if you, you can't take everything so seriously that it, dry, it that grinds you into the ground, because it could. it could. I mean, there's so much pressure. It really could just mm-hmm. grind you down. Oh, it, it does, but. We're still standing, girl, punching You're away. You're getting up. You're getting back up. That's what every you said. Day. Get up. All day, every day. I'm like, oh, my uh, gosh. There you go. Well, yeah. before we leave, we always have to, like, jump off the bridge. So how do you want to get off the bridge today? Everyone, everyone has a different way they like to get off the bridge. Wow, I didn't realize all these options were available to I me. I mean, <laughs> it's a big world, Cindy. How do we want to get on? I need to think much bigger. <laughs> this is what I've learned from this call. Okay. Okay. I'm I like, love get the up. idea. I like the chariot running by idea if it's possible. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to get off with the chariot pulling us across the bridge. To get yes. Off. Is there music? Could there be music? Yeah. What What would be, what would your song be? What would your um, going off song my favorite right now is pink. I am here. It's like, I <gasps> am here. <laughs> Perfect. I love pink. She's about to be here at Tacoma. She's about to come perform. I think this weekend. Yeah. We're so. seeing her next weekend. So I want a pink roll. So, okay. A pink chariot roll sounds amazing. Okay. There bum, you go. Bum, bum. <laughs> Thank you, Cindy. Thank you for sharing your insights and DMC knowledge with us. I think it's going to help a lot of people and Look forward to talking to you again soon, okay? Me too. Thank you. Thanks, Heidi. 